I was uh, looking at at Bill Malden because Bill uh, cleans up around here, <laughs> and uh, we have Corey with food coloring and <laughs> stuff, and then you got me, and and uh, she's much better at kind of keeping stuff from going everywhere than. <laughs> I intend to be. <laughs> she was very, very careful, and uh, I don't, I don't know that I want to be very careful. Is that, is that bad? Although Corrine was uh, able, she did help this morning because she said, "Don't you want like a plate underneath that?" Because I wasn't going to put a plate under it. <laughs> but I guess we'll see what happens here in a little while. Anyway, so. Before I get started, I thought I would just apologize, Bill, for what's about to happen. <laughs> I feel bad with me. Father, thank you for this day, honestly. Lord, it is such a privilege and a pleasure to be a part of your body in this place, and I'm so grateful, so grateful for who you are in our lives. I pray that you'll be with me in this, and that the message, though it will be delivered with my voice and my words, in the end of it all, that it lands with the power of your spirit, because that's the point. In Jesus' name, amen. This is week number four, wrapping up this series on life's healing choices this morning. Um, if you remember back, we talked about a couple of things. In week one, we talked about awareness, which really has to do with something that is a truism, that you can't do anything about something until you know that it's there. You can't do, you know, can't change something or make a different choice until you become aware of that choice. And, and so we, we started out in that place. If you remember Cleopas and his friend, right, they were going to Emmaus. We don't really know why they were going to Emmaus. And they're going along, and Jesus shows up with them, but they don't recognize him, so he messes with them, as we talked about. He kind of says, what, what's going on? He said, haven't you heard about all the things that have been going on in Jerusalem? And Jesus goes, oh, no, I don't know anything about that. In the breaking of the bread, Jesus showed himself to them and disappeared. But what happened next is a choice point. And we talked about when we become aware of something that it's a choice point, we can either act or we can ignore. Now, for them, their, their choice point meant, can, do we just keep going to Emmaus and travel on and go, oh, that was cool? Or for them, they turned around and went back to Jerusalem. They acted to go tell the story of Jesus, and that's something that happens in our day-to-day -day life. We get opportunities to tell the story of Jesus, and we have to make that choice. Am I going to act and do that or not? Now, the beauty of it is that that kind of obedience leads to blessing, and they went back, and you know who showed up with the disciples? Jesus. Jesus showed up again in the room, saying, here I am, and because they acted, they were blessed to experience him one more time. The next week we talked about miracles and wonders and, and we went through like the scientific method and all of the natural kind of ways that we look at miracles. But we landed here that the greatest miracle really I think that we have in life is that God lives in me and God lives in you. And when you think about that, it's kind of like how does that happen? And I don't have the answer to that. I just know that God lives in me and God lives in you. He loves us and he lives in us. And it's incredible that the creator of everything makes that choice. But it doesn't end there. Because he lives in us, 
we talk about making life's healing choice, when we talk about making those healing choices, we're able to do it because we are empowered. The power of the Holy Spirit rests in us, and we can make better choices. We can make choices that will transform our lives and draw us nearer to God. Last week, we looked at my side of the street, kind of looking at, at that Matthew passage that says, why do you focus on the speck in your brother's eye when you got a two-by-four in your own? And, and we talked about if we'll keep our side of the street clean, then people will be drawn to that. People are kind of going to want to go, well, what's up with them? What, something's different about those people, and I want some of that. And that's, that's a powerful place to be. Today, today we're going to wrap up by looking at a simple statement. We've been kind of talking about it thematically. Today is the day. Say that with me. Today is the day. Did you know that the only day that we can really do anything in is Today, you know the only moment that really, really, really is the action time? Now. So today is the day, and now is the moment. Today is the day, and that's a very cool and powerful thing because we spend a lot of time focusing on the things of yesterday and the things of tomorrow. So we spend all kinds of time. So this is yesterday, and this is tomorrow. And tomorrow has stuff in it, and yesterday, and this is today, tomorrow has stuff in it, yesterday has stuff in it. In fact, yesterday, since we've been through it, I, I probably need to add a little bit more to that, because yes, was yesterday full? It was full, right? I mean, it was, it was like to the top. It's like, I want this day to be over because I'm done. <laughs> or was that just me? Maybe that was just me. And tomorrow, what's the likelihood that tomorrow is going to probably have plenty in it? I think that tomorrow probably is going to be just fine, right? And that's not even counting today, right? Because today has stuff in it, too. We got to get up and, and we got to get going and we ended up having to come here and Celebrate Jesus? Yes, yes yeah, well, that's not a have to. We wanted to. We got it. We're like, yeah, Jesus. No? Yeah? Was it just me? I'm happy to be here. I don't know about y'all. So. But it's got its troubles of its own. Like, where am I going to go have lunch, right? What, what am I going to eat? <laughs> Where's this water going to go? But it's full. Today is full. Today has all kinds of stuff in it. What, I, I may, if I'm in school, I got schoolwork and I got football practice and I got all this stuff going on. And, and for me today, I mean, I've got a funeral this afternoon and I've got, you know, we're going get to get to go out and play out at the Rumbaugh compound. I didn't know it was a compound until a few minutes ago, but apparently it's the Rumbaugh compound. And we're going to have a good time, but it's going to be a full day. There's going to be good stuff. There's going to be sad stuff. So what do you think happens if I take yesterday, <laughs> and I pour it into today, and what if I take a little bit of tomorrow, and I, and I really pour, what's happening to today? It's running over the tire, Bill. <laughs> but don't we do that? 
We take stuff from yesterday and stuff that's going and, that, and we take tomorrow and worry about tomorrow. You know, Corey talked about worry, right? And we, what do we do with it? We put it into today, but today is pretty full. But so it runs over and then we go, what happened? Well, we put too much in it. We put too much in it. Life's healing choices are made to help us through this day. This is the most important day of all. We can remember yesterday, and we can plan for tomorrow, but if we don't keep our eye on the one day that we can impact the most by our choices, and that is today, then we're going to be in a constant state of turmoil, flux, drama, because drama's going to come in. Anybody have drama come into their life unexpectedly yeah it happens every day but if i start worrying about that and start bringing that in from other places then it's unnecessary drama and our awareness powered by the holy spirit can keep us focused on the things we need to do to keep our side of the street clean it's almost like all this flows we can be of greatest availability to god for today that's what happens when we live this life that we're called to live Things change in our life, and if you, are, if you engage and are touched by the power of God, you cannot stay the same. You'll be transformed. You'll be transformed. The people around you will be transformed. It'll be incredible. Anybody love dogs? Okay, we got a few. <laughs> okay, so I hesitate to tell you this story, but I thought I would anyway because, you know, I'm, I don't know why. Afterwards, you can tell me why. So early in recovery, I discovered something that was really, really helpful. See, I had two dogs. They, they weren't these two dogs, but they actually looked a lot like that. Um, they were golden retrievers, and they were outside dogs. Now, in my addiction, I was not very regular in cleaning up after them, if you know what I mean. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Kid says, I know exactly what you mean. You can imagine what my small backyard with two dogs like this, looked like. There were little landmines and big landmines everywhere in the backyard, right? Now, recovery is about dealing with the things we need to deal with and taking care of our choices, our responsibilities, which brings me back to the backyard. See, I was cleaning up after my puppies. Uh, you know, I know they're not puppies, but, but they, I was cleaning up after them, and I realized something because it was a mess. I hadn't you know, you can imagine when I was active drinking and drugging, I did not take care of the backyard, and now I'm cleaning it up, and I began to think, As, and here's what came to me. I had a choice. If I chose to wait to clean up after the dogs, I could, and I can do that. If I chose to do that, I would have an incredible amount of <laughs> stuff to clean up, right? If I wait, let's say I wait two weeks. Dogs like that. <laughs> One groan. Yeah, there's gonna be, it's going to be a mess. But if I choose to clean up after them every day, I'll have a landmine here and I'll have a landmine there. And, and, but I'll be able to do that. And I can take care of that. It would be doable. And that's just like life. 
If I choose to deal with the things that come up in the day, if I choose to deal with what happens in the day, on the day, then I'm going to find that things are usually manageable, that I can usually take care of them, that, I'm, that it's usually doable. But if I choose to put things off and take an I'll get to that later attitude, then I'll soon be overwhelmed because my yesterday will flow into my today and tomorrow's worries and I'll overflow and make ironically, a mess of things. But we have that choice. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I found that to be completely true. It's absolutely true. Every day has trouble enough in it. Today is the day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today, stay in today, hang in there for today. Psalm 118, I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That's our God. That's who he is. His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to him every single day, whatever's going on. This passage points to us, points us to some things that will help us with this task of ours. And interestingly enough, one of them is points us towards the recognition of our salvation. See, when we truly embrace our salvation, that our eternity is secure, then we are less bound by the things of the past. We are less bound by the things of the past. And we are not so worried about the things of the future because our future is secure. And it gives us the freedom to live today. The freedom to live today. Our focus moves away from what's in it for me into what's in it for Jesus. So it's not so much about what, what do I get out of today. It's, it's what's in, how can I be a, be a best use and service to God for this day. Think about that for a second. This idea of security. Do you really believe that your eternity is secured in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that? Because if you do, then the weight of the wo and worries and cares of the world have less weight. It's not that they go completely away. Do you love your family? Yes, I love my family. So you worry and you care for them. But it's less because I'm not wrapped up in the stuff and the status and the class and the, all the stuff that we tend to get gravitate towards in this world of ours. There's a perspective shift, a perception shift that happens to us when we're Christians. And it, and it, and it changes the look that we have. It changes our eyesight. We have Jesus-colored glasses so we see things through the cross. We can let go of the trappings of the world while maintaining the importance of relationships. We don't get stuck and trapped in the things that bind us. We're set free to have relationships with each other and with God. Love God, the cross. Love God. Love your neighbor. It's seen every time you look at a cross. It's the two, the two great command, the great commandments. 
There's a famous saying, it's nobody on their deathbed has ever said, I wish I'd worked more, right? Gosh, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. (laughs) Doesn't happen. It reminds us of priorities that can be misplaced. A gentleman named J.L. Borges, late in his life, said this. If I could live my life again in the next one, I would try to make more mistakes. I would not try to be so perfect. I would relax more. I would be more dumb than I have been. In fact, I would take very few things seriously. I would be less hygienic. I'm not sure about that one. But... (laughs) I would take more risks, more trips. I would watch more sunsets. I would climb more mountains. I would swim more rivers. I would go to places where I've never been to. I would eat more ice cream and less beans. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) I would have more real problems and less imaginary ones. Can I get an amen on that? I was one of those people who lived sensibly and prolifically every minute of their life. Of course, I had happy moments. But if I could go back, I would try to have only happy moments. In case you didn't know, life is made of that, of moments only. Don't waste this very minute. I was one of those people who never went anywhere without a thermometer, a bag of hot water, an umbrella, and a parachute. Weird dude. If I could live again, I would travel light. Love that. If I could live again, I would travel light. If I could live again, I would start to walk barefoot at the beginning of spring and stay like that until the end of fall. I would go around more on the collage, whatever that is. I would contemplate more dawns. I know what that is. And I would play with more children if I had again life ahead. But you see, I'm 85 years old and I know that I am dying. We're starting to celebrate recovery because it focuses a great deal on choices, and these are on healing choices. See, we get to make those kind of choices in life, right? We get to choose what, where, we're, where we spend our time. We get to choose. God loves us and gives us those choices. And Celebrate Recovery will help deal with the things that get in the way of that, the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups that often prevent us from living in this moment that prevent us from being available for the calling God has for us. Did you know that God has a calling specifically for you? Because he does. He has a calling for you. Some of the hurts and habits, if you remember from week one, hurts such as abandonment, some of us experience that, or abuse as a child or an adult. Betrayal, coming from a dysfunctional family or, or being neglected or even rape or molestation, some of the things that happen in in life to us, some of those hurts. They impact our relationship with God and with others. Habits tend to be unhealthy patterns that start as a remedy, and, and ironically, they end up becoming a problem in and of themselves, things like addiction or bitterness or having a critical spirit. Eating disorders, gossip, unforgiveness, and it goes on. Hang-ups are those roadblocks that, w- that get in between us and God's plan. Ang- anger, anxiety and worry, arrogance, the need to control, depression, fear, lack of trust in God, lack of trust in others, people-pleasing, perfectionism, so many other things. Celebrate Recovery, one of the reasons that we're starting that is we want to be a place of healing for those of us inside the our congregation, but also for this community of ours. We want that so much for God to use us to help heal lives. 
what we want to be about. So I have this special needs ministry that we're starting has to do with helping heal families. God wants us to move into a new place. You want to remember, you are a new creation. He wants us to make new choices instead of the old unhealthy ones. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from the message. These are all warning markers. Danger in our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they are. They were. Don't be so naive and self-confident you're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Hear this. Hear this. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He's always there to help you come through it. So regardless of what's going on in, in the life of the church, in the life of each of us, God is going to see us through that. You can grab hold of that and walk into it. It comes when we become God-reliant, God-confident, and God-focused. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's a freedom to live the best life possible as a congregation and as individuals. Our vision here is to inspire people to fulfill God's calling in their lives. And that means being engaged in living together. It's why the survey and the fund coordinators stuff that we're doing is so, so very important because we want to do this life thing together. That's what happens in the body of Christ. We come together as, as believers and we live that out. We're a group of imperfect people following Jesus and doing life together. That's what we do. And if you're looking for that kind of place, the kind of place that loves Jesus and loves others, then welcome, because you are in the right place. And God is moving in this place. I, I, I know that we wrestle with some of the things like finances and that, but, but you look at lives and the impact that God is having on lives, and it is absolutely incredible. See, when things get tough, God is going to see us through every obstacle, every, and the enemy's not going to like any of it. And we face that on a daily basis, and I'm sure you do too. But don't miss this. We do this thing called life with God by our side and by encouraging and building one another up. God is with us. We encourage and build one another up. It's not a solo act. We're a community of faith. You'll see this hashtag, be you for him. And that's absolutely what we want to do. We want to be who we are. God created you an imperfect vessel. It's one of the great things. I love being here, by the way. You know, this, is, this has been the first church that I have been the pastor of where, you know, I came in and it aligned with, with me. And I am so grateful for that because I was hesitant at first. And then I got here and it's like, oh, wow, this is the place that I'm supposed to be, you know. And I hope I'm here forever, you know. As well as, maybe not forever. I want to be with Jesus someday. But... <laughs> But God is, is up to something. And I know you, you, can get, you can look around and you can go, well, I'm getting worried. Don't. Don't be worried. God did not give us a spirit of fear. We don't have that spirit. That's from the enemy. 
grab hold of and walk into the place he's calling you as a person and us as a church. That's what we got to do. You know, God will see us through this. It's going to require of us stepping forward in faith. It's going to require of us um, embracing that you are created specially to be who you are for God's glory. Father, I pray for this congregation. Pray for those who are here. Pray for those who are not, those who are traveling, those who are, who are just somewhere else. I pray for those who are not here yet. And I ask, Lord, that you would be with them even in this morning and that you would pour upon them a special helping of your spirit so that they can live fully into the calling that you have for them. And help us here at Arbor Point to help lead people from where they are to where you would have them to be so that then they can lead people from where they are to where you would have them to be because disciples make disciples and that's what we want to be about in this place. Amen.